Galatians chapter 4 envisions a brand new tomorrow, a new world. But Galatians chapter 4 is very unique in that it says that you and I are responsible for that. It's an interesting shift in scripture. It is not just something that's pie in the sky or hopeful or looking toward something that might be. It's not a promise about something that is going to happen to us, but it is a promise that happens with us and through us. I had the privilege uh, a number of years ago to work at Mount Vernon Nazarene University, which is in central Ohio, just north of Columbus, about 60 miles. I was there for about two years, and while I was there, I had the privilege of serving on a committee. It was a, a difficult committee that carried a lot of responsibility. This was the committee that met to meet with all of the students who were petitioning to come back into school after they had been dismissed because of academic failure or academic problems. They were asking for another chance to come back. There are a number of reasons why a student might have problems with their grades, why they might have uh, several semesters of grades that were so poor that they might need to be dismissed. I served on this committee with uh, the academic dean, another administrator, and a Spanish teacher. This Spanish teacher was uh, a few years away from retirement. She'd been at the school for quite some time. She was vibrant. She was known as a great teacher, but also a pretty hard teacher. I would sit sometimes stunned at her boldness with students who would come in wanting to come back into school. The resources, the funds weren't the problem. It was their willingness to put in the effort for the work. Like I said, there are a number of reasons why somebody might have had problems with their grades, but she had this amazing, uncanny ability to note when somebody was not living up to their potential, to their giftedness, to what God had blessed them with. And if that was the case, I'd just sit back and pray for the student <laughs> that they would survive her very strong onslaught as she would launch into something that would be similar to this, as she would say, you know what? It would just be so nice if I could wake up in the morning and not have any responsibilities. If God hadn't gifted me with a mind to think and eyes to see the things around me, if I could just wake up in the morning and have nothing to do and not be responsible for anything, but that's not how God has created me and it's not how God has created you. And you don't have the right to wake up in the morning without taking on the responsibilities that God has placed before you and the gifts that God has given you. And I'm going, okay, I hang in there. It gets better, hoping that the student will... Listen to this amazingly powerful speech that was not always the same. It wasn't a rote message. She tailored it to each student because she knew them well, and she knew that about which they were capable of doing, and she wouldn't tolerate any less than their best. And I thought, oh, God, help me to not come up against her when I failed. <laughs> Help me to live into what you've created me and blessed me with. 
It was almost as if her speech came right out of Galatians chapter 4, and I didn't know it at the time. But Paul is writing to the Galatians, and he's saying, are you really going to go back and live as if you don't know the truth? Are you really going to go back and live under the bondage of the law when God has made you an heir of the kingdom? Are you going to go back and live the way you used to live, even though you now know the truth about the good news and the truth about yourself? And I felt like I was listening to her as I read through Galatians, and Paul now speaking at me and saying, Do you not realize that with which God has entrusted you? And when I think of a new calendar year, I think of what if I really believed what God has entrusted to me? What if I really believed that I had truly been forgiven? What if I really believed that God's grace had been poured out on me? What if you really believed that God loved you with an unconditional love? What if you believed that God has invited you to be partners with God in the redemption story? Not just your redemption, but the redemption of all things. What if you really believe that? It sounds a whole lot easier to just wake up in the morning and think I have nothing to do. To kind of turn my back on what I have learned and say, yeah, but that seems hard. Yeah, it's hard. It's wonderfully hard. It's great and hard. It's incredible and hard. That's our calling. What would this new year look like if you took that to heart for yourself? Paul here in this passage is saying in chapter 4, verse 9, are you really going to return to the way things were before you came to understand this? At the end of chapter 3 and in the first few verses of chapter 4, he says, do you not realize that you are no longer slaves to the law? You are heirs of the kingdom because God calls you God's children. You are heirs. Sure, you were once paupers, but you're now in paradise. And you've been called children of the king. What an amazing promise. Back in 1964, my parents took my sister and myself to New York City to see the um, departure of my uncle and my uncle's entire family as he was going to be a medical missionary to Papua New Guinea. They were getting on a ship and they were going overseas and they were leaving from a port in New York. And we had the privilege, because we were close to that side of my mom's family, he was also my dad's best friend, to be with my cousins and to see them off to this new adventure. As part of that trip, we got the chance to go to the New York World's Fair. Pretty amazing. I have three memories of the World's Fair. One is that there was a time when Outside of the area of the World's Fair, the Pope at the time was visiting the United States. And I 
got on the sidewalk right up to the front and his car was coming down in a, in a parade of cars and I got to see the Pope as he came through, passing through New York City at the time of his visit to the U.S. Never forgotten that. Very unusual car with kind of a bubble glass thing that he was standing up in. Second thing I remember was that at the New York World's Fair, there was a Ferris wheel that was in the shape of a gigantic tire, and it was the exhibit of Uniroyal, and Uniroyal was the company that my dad, the mother company that my dad worked for. And to see this gigantic Ferris wheel in the shape of an enormous Uniroyal tire, and to get to ride it was amazing. The third thing that I remember is something that I visited a number of years later, but Walt Disney had proposed to General Electric that Disney build a pavilion that they called the Carousel of Progress. Thank you very much. The Carousel of Progress was this amazing tribute to what was already taking place, the result of electricity, GE, and what was yet to come, the notion of progress. Robert and Richard Sherman joined with Walt Disney in creating the proposal for this carousel, this pavilion that they eventually transported out to or recreated at Disneyland. And as part of this proposal, they sang the song that would be played over and over again. It was a unique carousel in that the animatronic players that were in the center stayed still. And though you couldn't hardly tell, it was the audience that moved around from scene to scene as the scene changed from one to the other. And it felt like, because everybody in the room was moving at the same pace that the stage was moving, but it wasn't. It was Disney magic. And the Sherman Brothers created a song for that event. There's a great big beautiful tomorrow shining at the end of every day. Oh, there's a great big beautiful tomorrow and tomorrow's just a dream away. Nobody else knows this? Man had a dream and that's the start. He followed his dream with mind and heart. And when it becomes a reality, it's a dream come true for you and me. Seriously, nobody else is going to sing along on this. That's the end of it then. Thank you for three of you singing along with that at your table. I, as you can tell, I remember that song well. It has stuck with me all of these years. And any time we're in Brown Auditorium and that stage rotates up on the front, I'm just standing there singing all by myself. Oh, it's a great, big, beautiful, and imagining those moments. I think that that is a wonderful rendition Galatians chapter 4. Galatians chapter 4 is Paul saying there is an amazing future if you will step in to the promises of God. 
It is a story of redemption, but it is a story for which you and I need to take responsibility. It is capturing a vision that's bigger than the 60, 70, 80, or 90 years that we've been given. It is a vision of eternity that comes to earth now. It is a storyline that doesn't end with my earthly life, but contains components that are bigger than things I'll ever see, but with which you and I and others can participate and join in. I'd love to be part of a community of faith where some who are 95 and older are still living out a vision of faith and invite me to participate. Some who are five, six, and seven years old with great naive vision put forth a challenge in front of me and say, so why am I limiting myself over and over again? So Paul asks us this morning, are you going to pretend like you haven't captured a notion of what God could do if you will step into God's promises for you? This isn't This isn't a New Year's resolution. This is realizing who the true you is. And the true you is a revolution. It changes the places where we live and work. It changes our homes and our churches and our communities. Because it speaks of a freedom. This isn't just talking about, as we often think, a Jewish law for which Christ took the law and fulfilled it and gave us freedom. This isn't just talking about a Roman law or oppression out of which we come and live anew. This is saying that it's bigger than either of those. It is a vision of an eternal God who says, Step into eternal thinking and allow your heart and mind to take you to the places that only unconditional love, powerful grace, being filled with God's Spirit, and capturing the notion of being partners with the one who has all of the resources necessary to bring about those ideas to fruition. That's what we're called to live into. Father, I pray that this coming year would be a year where our true self begins to shine through, where we let go of chains and restrictions and the things that hold us back, where we take responsibility and don't give in to apathy, laziness, We don't give in to lack of responsibility or ownership. But that when you bring somebody into a pathway, we envision redemption. When we look at brokenness, we envision healing. When we see pain, we envision what it might be to offer a gentle touch. When we see need this year, Lord, may it evoke in us generosity. May the characteristics that are ours through you 
come alive in such powerful ways that at the end of this year, we'll wonder what happened and realize it was that we gave ourselves fully to how you created us to be. May we truly be your heirs, paupers in paradise who realize that the kingdom is for us and for all the others with whom we come in contact. We praise your holy name, Lord. Amen. Amen. Such a joy to have you here this morning.